0: Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today, we're talking...
1: Emotions.
0: How does that make you feel?
1: Makes me feel great to talk about emotions with you today. How are you feeling today with your emotions?
0: Pretty even keel, buddy.
1: (laughs) Pretty cool. Love to hear it.
0: Right (laughs) Right down the middle of the road.
1: Right, that's like the goal. You want to be like middle of the road, usually. That's my opinion, anyway.
0: Actually, now I'm I'm visualizing being in the middle of the road, and I think unless it's like a turn lane situation, I think you don't want to be there. <laughs> I think you want to be a little bit this side of the middle of the road.
1: Right. I'm just saying, avoid getting fluctuated too much. That's my thing with my motions. I try to keep them, like, even keel, baby. I try to, like, not let shit get me frazzled if it doesn't need to. I try not to get all worked up. I'm not like a real hysterical person about shit. I'm not like, "Ah!" I try to like keep it mellow, man.
0: Yeah, if you can do it, it's a good deal.
1: Right. Didn't Benjamin Franklin say you shouldn't like get all inflamed?
0: Yeah, he did that and then he stole from the government. He stole a ton of money from the government. He stole a hundred thousand pounds which is an insane amount of money. Right. That's like if you took one of those PPP loans.
1: He stole a 100,000 pounds from the government in the late 1700s. He could have gotten in a time machine and gotten back to like the 1400s and he could have built a castle.
0: <laughs> I didn't think about that. He get, really, That's how
1: much it costs to build a castle in the 1400s, remember?
0: Yeah, I wonder how that made him feel.
1: This is, yeah, this is just like a little uh, dust-up. This is just like a dust-off what you've learned in the last few weeks at Garbage Brain University. It's like a pop quiz. <laughs> Do you remember about Ben Franklin? you remember how much it cost to build a castle? Think about it. <laughs> you didn't think that we were going to ask you to retain any of this information, but we're going to. <laughs> so, yeah, emotions, man.
0: What, Natalie? What? I mean, I feel like I internally know what emotions are, but hammer it out for me. What are emotions?
1: Emotions are mental states brought on by neurophysiological changes variously associated with thoughts. Feelings, behavioral responses, and a degree of pleasure or displeasure. But you know what? Funny thing about emotions is there's currently no scientific consensus on a definition for emotions.
0: So the answer is we don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We don't know what emotions are.
1: But they're like wrapped up with a whole bunch of other variables like your mood and your temperament, your personality, your disposition, and it's not and right. So like if you're a shitty guy, then maybe, you would be more apt to have, like, shitty emotions.
0: Well, I think, you know, everybody knows somebody that's real quick to get real angry mm-hmm. and likes to stay angry. Right. And conversely, I think a lot of people know somebody who's always happy and is always trying to stay happy. I'm always trying to stay aloof.
1: <laughs> stay aloof, baby.
0: Just keep that, stuff at, <laughs> keep that stuff at arm's length. I don't feel like I have any trouble expressing myself, but... Just tamp it down. I think most stuff doesn't need emotions. Just eat your toast, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I try not to get caught up in my feelings about stuff, unless it's, like, really important. Like, I don't get mad about, like, waiting in line. I don't get mad about, like, having to call customer service about something or other. You know, like, little things that people get annoyed by. Like, I just never let any of that stuff bother me. I just, like, zone out, and I fucking, whatever, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of that stuff, I think... You know, people are at a higher baseline if they have other stuff going on or if there are world events happening. So people have a higher baseline, then they're a lot closer to being upset, I think. When you have all this other stuff happening and you're already, like, lit up. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think in the best of times, people are less aggravated. And I think when stuff starts taking a nosedive, people get aggravated a lot more easily. Right. I think my favorite emotional thing is that when somebody steps into a car, they're like, I'm me, I'm a good person, and I'm good at doing this. Mm -hmm. They feel a sense of pride about what they're doing. But when they see another car, they're like, that's just a car.
1: The car's acting like an asshole!
0: fuck you other car there's just something about everybody else being and i mean if you get close you can see him through the windshield like that time i rounded the corner and there was a guy with an identical like 2003 subaru outback like in the same weird like dusty dusty crap color as That's my car same green <laughs> yeah same same car same trim level <laughs> rounded the corner and i saw him and I didn't even... Because like I never honk my horn. I never honk my horn on the car. Just it's never going to do anything good. So I don't really have it in my head where how to honk the horn. Mm-hmm. Which sounds stupid as I'm saying it. But really, if, if I'm thinking I might have to honk the horn like there's the truck that looks like he's a little wobbly, might bobble into my lane or whatever... I have to think about it, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna push the center of the, <laughs> I'm gonna push the center of the beeper, and that's gonna set off the horn, right? right. right? So I didn't, I rounded the corner. It was just like a moment in time. But you know, things slow down. I rounded the corner, and he had that car. And I looked at the car, and then I looked up, just as he was looking at my car, and then looked up at me, and then I pointed at him, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just nods real quick. <laughs>
1: That's the best thing about Subarus, in my opinion, is that you'll always have Subaru friends. <laughs> like, people who are like, hey, we got the same car. What's up, man? Like, people in Hondas don't do that.
0: No, you'd, you'd never quit. You'd never quit pointing and cheering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Whoa, what's the chance you have a silver Honda? <laughs> uh, Subarus, yeah.
0: Subarus are slightly rare. And then there's this sort of perception that they're better than other cars, which they're not.
1: <laughs> I think they are.
0: <laughs> the air conditioner in that motherfucker failed like four times and the exhaust fell off of the bottom of it twice.
1: It was a 2003. Cars,
0: sh- <laughs> cars should last more than 18 years. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So they've been trying to do research on emotion over the last couple decades, and, you know, that involves a lot of psychology and shit like that, right? And so they have been trying to have theories about why people have emotions, and they will do experiments where they try to stimulate and make people emote in certain ways, and then have them go into like PET scans or whatever the fuck, right? To like kind of map up what's going on.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like the neurologist version of the playing different music for plants.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't think that I would be very good at one of those experiments. Because I'm not like real apt to emote for something that's not real. Like, I don't think if you showed me a picture of something that was sad, I would be like, oh, I'm sad too. Like.
0: I uh, I have a capacity for emotion But if somebody tries to manipulate me into being sad, my emotion I have is, come on now. (laughs) I don't get mad. Right. I don't get sad at what they tried to manipulate me into. My emotion I have is, no thanks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like whenever there's a movie about a dog, there's only one plot point in the movie about a dog, right? Why are you going to go see that movie? You know what's going to happen. Don't put yourself through it, man. I don't need to go watch the movie about the dead dog. Don't put yourself don't through
0: it. Yeah.
1: And that's the other thing is that, like, I couldn't see myself doing good in those kind of experiments because, like, I've never been someone who would, like, cry at a movie.
0: Yeah, I don't think you could make me cry while I'm in the MRI machine. <laughs> I mean it would take a lot. You would really have to emotionally manipulate me.
1: <laughs> it would have to be something real. Like I try not to like get too caught up if something isn't real. Right?
0: You would have <laughs> First to... rule, it
1: has to be real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's I think that's my stumbling block is most things aren't real. Right. It, most things don't apply to me. How could somebody make you feel contempt in an MRI machine? I feel like that's a lot easier to stimulate.
1: Right. But like, again, like emotions like contempt and, and shit like that are like things that I specifically try really hard to work on. Like I try I try really hard to find like the roots of, of those kinds of of emotions for myself because i don't like them like having contempt and like hating things and hating people i I really try to train myself out of that i feel like they're like not good uses of my time
0: no they're not and you know this is something that marketers found out real quick marketing by the way the application of psychic manipulation yeah something marketers figured out quite a while ago is that stories with negative sentiment that inspire hatred or anger or contempt or sadness get more attention and more engagement than happy stories. Right. It used to be that the news would have puff pieces. You've heard the term puff piece. Here's a local boy who done good. Right. This is a local company who's selling enhanced water to benefit veterans.
1: Right. Right.
0: They do puff pieces. But what really gets people going and entrains them is something which inspires fear. Or disgust, right? Mm -mm. All these negative emotions. In fact, when I started writing the blog, The Worst Things for Sale, it started out as a different blog. I was writing about things I liked and nobody wanted to read it.
1: (laughs) Right, huh?
0: I wrote up articles about stuff I liked, stuff that was particularly helpful to me, things that were cheap and useful and fun and nobody liked that and then I decided I would make a blog where I just took all the shit I found when I was looking up all my stuff I liked and I would write about the shit and people are like give me more daddy
1: <laughs> you should uh, have a revamp of that website and call it the lowest stuff <laughs> I ever bought <laughs> <laughs> woatest stuff I ever bought
0: from goat to woat 11 <laughs> items that won't float your boat
1: <laughs>
0: actually my favorite moment on that blog was when Alton Brown went through my blog and pulled out items and then made his own little worst things for sale video with the exact criticisms that I had to the items
1: <laughs> that
0: was that was woated
1: <laughs> for him, for you it was uh, also wooded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever, man. I didn't get I didn't get arrested stealing a fucking Krispy Kreme from Kroger, my good bitch.
1: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs>
0: I do what I want in Kroger. <laughs>
1: So, okay, Uh, some scientists by the name of Cohen and Keltner used statistical methods to analyze emotional states, right? And this was one of those things where they showed the videos and had people hooked up to the machines, right? Yeah. And they identified 27 varieties of emotional experience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, come on.
1: I want you to name the 27 different flavors of emotions that a person can have, according to Cohen and Keltner. <laughs> fear. Yes, fear is one. Anger. Yes, anger is one.
0: Disgust.
1: Hold on, let me make you make excess fear. Anger. Disgust. Yes, disgust is one too. You're so smart with your emotions.
0: Contempt.
1: Um, No.
0: Contempt is very interesting because I read quite a while ago. I don't know if it was... uh, It was a write-up by a psychologist. Maybe it was was Paul Ekman who did studies with Mm micro-expressions, which are these little fleeting gestures that your face makes for a fraction of a second. And he actually... Which sounds very cool, but then he went around teaching cops how to use that to interrogate people so he's evil. Yeah. But there's this idea that if you have... Any any relationship you have with somebody can be repaired, but if you're expressing and feeling contempt for somebody, it is very hard to get over that because it means you don't respect them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I thought that would be a basic a basic emotion. A lack of respect for someone else's thought process, maybe. <laughs> right? Right. So uh Joy. That's got to be an emotion we've all felt it once. Yes. Not recently.
1: Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm always overjoyed.
0: <laughs> uh, what about relieved? Like the little yes. em- relieved, like the little emoji face on Discord.
1: Yes. Oof.
0: Ah. That's
1: like when you have to pee. It's
0: like when you crap off. <laughs> crap
1: off we still got more emotions that you could have.
0: Uh, laughter, humor, one of those.
1: Um, amusement?
0: I would say that's amusement, yeah.
1: Amusement. Good job.
0: Go, sadness has got to be in there. Sad or sadness?
1: Sadness. Got it.
0: That's a pretty basic one.
1: That's the opposite of glad.
0: Gladness. <laughs> I don't think the word, I think the word gladness is only used in songs.
1: I think it's like very much like a church word.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, it okay. Seems like a church word okay. to me. They would put that in hymns.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, how about triumph? Um, Success, triumph.
1: Would you call that satisfaction? Uh,
0: I don't think they're quite the same, but if you want to give it to me, I would be honored.
1: I think that that is the equivalent emotion to those. It would be it would be satisfaction.
0: I am satisfied with that. I am actually feeling that emotion.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, see? I'm making you emote right here on the podcast live. <laughs> like a week and a half ago whenever people were listening to this.
0: Live nude emotions.
1: <laughs> Did you ever think that you listen to a man emote on your own computer? The future is now.
0: A man feeling satisfied on my computer?
1: <laughs> well, we'll make you feel some other stuff too. <laughs> We haven't got to that part of the podcast yet.
0: Uh, how about sexy? Can you can you yeah. have a sexy emotion?
1: Sexual desire. That's when you get horny for stuff. That's what the kids say.
0: They put a zero in it because you can't say horny on TikTok.
1: Yeah, that's what they say. H
0: <laughs> zero <H-zero-er-ney. laughs>
1: Didn't put the Y backwards. <laughs>
0: ah, busted through the great firewall with this one.
1: Are you saying you're out of emotions already?
0: I've covered glib satisfaction and, <laughs> and, and horniness. I mean, I'm not... I don't know what else is there to like. Is there an emotion for, like, uh, the imperative? Like... Being in command, telling other people to do stuff, being the boss.
1: Being bossy? No, I don't think so. No, uh-uh. that's not one.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think of all the stuff a person does. There's got to be an emotion for telling your kid to do something you already told them. To do. Is there an emotion for chilling, just sitting, just neutral?
1: <laughs> neutral? Um. No.
0: I mean, an- anything that I can think of seems like it's wrapped up in all the positive emotions Are wrapped up in like either satisfaction or joy or laughter, amusement right mm-hmm. so you're laughing or you're you're having a good time or you've done a good job mm-hmm. i d- i don't know why don't you tell me all okay. the emotions here's
1: all the emotions all 27 of them i'm sure there's more than this but they said they were admiration
0: admiration
1: adoration
0: hmm so uh so adoration is that like you like your friend or is that
1: i think that is more like um being like Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, you're so wonderful. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> There's also aesthetic appreciation.
0: Aesthetic appreciation is an emotion?
1: Like, oh, that looks good, baby. Looking good. Looking good. Like, you're you're getting pleasure from your eyeballs.
0: I guess. I didn't know that would be an emotion. I feel like they went a little wide on that one.
1: I think it, it, you're responding to stimulus around you, right? Yeah. And so you're getting, yeah. like good stimulus you like from your eyeballs and that is probably a unique emotion from other emotions wouldn't you think
0: i mean yeah that's my that's my emotion when i go to the art museum i'm definitely aesthetically admiring the art which is a visual medium
1: (laughs) you are perceiving it (laughs) um you had amusement anger you got those ones anxiety you missed that one
0: i okay (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> I guess it is. It's got to be.
1: It has to be one of them, right? Ah, like awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't believe how grand this canyon is.
1: Right, like, whoa. Very cool. Like that.
0: <laughs> that is that is facetiousness.
1: <laughs> that is my default response to like a little kid when they say something to me and I don't understand what they said. <laughs> Uh, oh very cool very cool you should show that to your mom too (laughs) (laughs) awkwardness boredom calmness maybe that is neutral that's
0: fine being calm the calm genius yeah sure
1: right uh confusion craving disgust empathic pain
0: Oh, like when you see a goat go up and headbutt a guy in the nuts. Uh Oh. That's not an emotion I have a lot. I don't like watching stuff where I feel like I'm in pain because I saw someone else get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. That's a pretty rare emotion for me, Uh I think.
1: Entrancement, uh, excitement.
0: Entrancement, like okay. when they have the optical illusion at cosi and you have to stare at the spiral. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then
0: when you walk, and then when you walk away, your brain like locks into the pattern of the spiral. And then when you walk away, it's like reality is moving. <laughs> right.
1: I guess. Yeah. I
0: guess that's entrancement. <laughs> maybe when maybe you
1: maybe like when you're just spacing out on some cool shit. Maybe you're knitting some socks, and you're just like somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Excitement. That's like, I can't wait, baby. I'm so excited.
0: Wow, this movie is so great that we're watching right now. It's really pumping me up. I feel excitement. (laughs)
1: I am like, I'm not sure if you would call it excitement, but my least favorite uh, emotion I have is whatever emotion that makes it so I cannot sleep the night before I do literally anything, even if it's like at three o'clock in the afternoon, because I'm so convinced I'm going to sleep through it. Is that excitement?
0: I guess that's excitement. (laughs) I... I don't know that that's an emotion. They're defining these pretty wide, so maybe as a behavioral pattern that could be an emotion.
1: I feel like it's based off of being excited for stuff, or maybe having... It's probably anxiety, actually.
0: Yeah, which is an emotion we've learned. I
1: think that anxiety is bad excitement, and excitement is good excitement. <laughs>
0: anxiety, the form of dark excitement. <laughs>
1: bad excitement
0: <laughs> I like the idea of going i like the idea of going to a witch in the woods who only works who only works in anxiety magic <laughs> And you're like can you get me this job and she's like no but i will make the other candidates make your new boss feel anxious <laughs>
1: There is fear. We talked about fear. Horror. So, okay, the difference between fear and horror is like, oh, I'm scared.
0: I'm, I'm scared something will happen. I'm,
1: I'm afraid of something, right?
0: I'm, a scared of <laughs> I'm scared of stuff.
1: I'm scared of stuff. I'm scared of stuff. I think horror is like, ah, it's yuck. right? Well, I
0: think fear is is thinking about what will happen Yeah. and dreading the consequences of it. And horror is being in the middle of experiencing something negative.
1: Right. But I think that horror also has like an element of revulsion to it. Yeah. Cause isn't that like that's the difference between like terror and horror.
0: Oh yeah. Terror is just the anticipation like, I, of it. I, well, terror's like I just gotta get I gotta get out of here. Right. But horror is it happened. You're right there, you're in the middle of it.
1: Right. They're eating your butt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's scary to us because we're not we're not generation Z. No, get off my asshole.
1: Uh, there's interest. Very interesting. Interesting.
0: If it if you have too much interest emotion that leads to entrancement.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, there is joy. Nostalgia.
0: Hmm. Okay. Thinking about things that was.
1: Feeling nostalgic. Thinking about my old juicy-gatured (laughs) tracksuit. Romance. Which is different than sexual desire, right?
0: Yeah. Or adoration, apparently.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh sadness, which is like I said before, the opposite of gladness. Uh, satisfaction, that was one you guessed. Sexual desire and the last emotion that you could possibly feel. Surprise.
0: Whoa!
1: <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise.
0: Don't what? Me? <laughs> My emotion?
1: Whoa. What is For now? me?
0: Inside of me?
1: Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, who invented emotions? I don't know.
0: Benjamin Franklin.
1: No, surprise the one before that. Like I, I probably you know what? I think that probably everything has emotions.
0: I really like to think about everybody in Sumeria walking <laughs> around like the blank face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Just the lower half of their face, totally limp, and they're like three bushels of grain and the other guy's like, Okay, let me carve it into the tablet in linear A. <laughs> And then one day, some guy comes in and he's like, Holy fuck, have you ever tried being surprised? (laughs) What? (laughs) Hello, everyone. I have just invented horny.
1: Well, you have okay, so the basis you would have to have enough brain to like something because liking something would compel you to have emotions. I think having preferences, things you like and you don't like,
0: yeah. And I think that there's always this artificial line drawn because as humans, we have an objective knowledge of events that are happening mm-hmm. and the current state of things, so we know what the state of things are and we can anticipate what's going to happen. And so we know objectively what is happening. And likewise, we objectively know, like, what is good and bad for us. Like, it is good to, like, have things that you enjoy. It's good to have friends that you enjoy their company. And it's good to have romantic partners because you want all of these things and they improve your life. But you also have emotions surrounding all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think the line is always drawn between... If not humans and other creatures, and if not just primates and other creatures, they definitely draw a line somewhere and they say, okay, everything to the left of this line just deals with objective reality. And they say ants are just looking for sugar to bring back to their fucking ant hole Mm -hmm. or whatever they do. Right. They say cats are just out looking for prey and they're going to get the prey and they have this certain behavior, mm-hmm. right? But I think you're right. I think everything has emotions, which are which are like this subjective layer of extra feelings you have on something above and beyond the objective reality.
1: Right, right. Like a plant probably doesn't like it if you pull them out of the ground. Like it likes to be in the ground and it likes to get water and sunshine and do photosynthesis. It does not like to get chomped on by a rabbit right yeah and so that creates the basis for like the plant to have feelings about what's going on like if the plant is there getting water and stuff it's probably like yeah this is all right
0: there's i think plants have a lot of calmness emotion
1: (laughs) right right but there's also like i mean there's been studies where if you like mow grass or whatever or kill a plant they will release hormones and stuff they're like ah right
0: yeah yeah absolutely they can the plants move and in some cases they can even emit sound
1: right and i know i've read like a lot recently with mushrooms having like electric impulses and stuff that they use to communicate and all kinds of crazy shit and that's like plants and mushrooms so you, if they have emotions i am confident they do then of course bugs do you think an ant's not happy if it finds like a chocolate chip it's not like yeah this is a big hunk of sugar.
0: And I mean, I'm not an expert at interpreting ant signals, but I have seen an ant walk up to a piece of food and just start twitching like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Haven't you? Seen an ant walk up to something, walk up even to a pickle? Oh, buddy. Yeah, right. I think anything in the, in the plant kingdom, animal kingdom, mushroom kingdom, and I ain't talking Mario, I think all that shit has emotions. If we have emotions, they have emotion. Crows have emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. Crow emotions.
0: Crows get angry at shit they don't like. Right.
1: They get Crows have serious emotions. They have very big feelings.
0: What do you think is the most emotional animal outside of person?
1: Hmm. I would probably say dog. I think dogs have complicated emotions and you can usually decipher them.
0: They've done an experiment with dogs where they do like a shell game with dogs. They have three cups or three shells or whatever. And using sleight of hand, you move the object out or however the game works, right? You have like the cups and balls. You put a ball under one cup and then you shuffle the cups around then the dog will put his paw on the one he thinks has the ball. Mm -hmm. If he gets it right, he gets a treat. Now they've done this with all kinds of different animals. I mean, a lot of animals you can't get to understand it. It's just abstract beyond their recognition. But they've done it with primates and they've done it with dogs. And both of them express surprise if you sleight of hand them. Yeah. Monkeys in particular, when you do this shit to a monkey and you pull the cup up and the shit isn't there, the monkey has a look on his face like, holy shit. (laughs) The monkey's (laughs) mouth flies open and he just starts looking around real rapidly. And I swear to God, I saw one where he throws his hands up like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. Where's the fucking ball?
1: You're fucking crazy, man. What did you do with it?
0: And I think that people like thinking about emotions as something that is human and defines us as being human. And yeah, human emotions define us as being human. But I don't think that means that. Other shit doesn't have emotions.
1: Right, right. Just like the fact that you feel sensation does not mean that you are the only one who feels sensation.
0: And I mean, the fact that this divide exists is totally arbitrary anyway. Especially when you consider that in very recent history, like within the past 30 years... Doctors had to be taught that, number one, babies feel pain. Yes, Mm -hmm, they do. mm -hmm. And number two, minorities feel pain.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, if you're not white, it also hurts.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Doctors had to be taught this because they commonly believed that there were certain groups of people and and certain ages of people that simply did not feel pain. Right,
1: right. Right? I know I've mentioned before one of my favorite things I ever saw in my un- whole entire life. I was a teenager when I saw it, and I think about it constantly. Is I was driving through this small town outside of the small town where I live, so it was like double small. And they had some movie theater that I don't think was showing movies anymore. But someone was putting like inspirational quotes on it, and every time you would drive by it, it would say something else. But this one time I drove through, and all the letters on the marquee spelled out, the only minor operation is one performed on someone else. And I think about that fucking constantly now. <laughs> My whole life I've thought about that constantly.
0: <laughs> I like that quite a bit. The, the quote that, I, that I've thought about many times, and I, I saw this when I was a kid, and I was like, wow, whoever that is, he's a genius. Well, it was Mel Brooks who is a pretty famous comedy writer, but he said when I cut my finger, it's a tragedy. When you fall into an open manhole and die, that's comedy.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: Same kind same kind of vibe. I've thought about that many times.
1: So like, if we can't even empathize with our fellow humans, then why would we be able to empathize with anything that's not? So the fact that we can't empathize with it does not mean that it does not emote. But as I was saying, I think dogs are especially good at it. Like, I've seen dogs where they were embarrassed about something.
0: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I've seen dogs where they're trying to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. I have seen dogs that are happy to see you. I have seen dogs that are like, I don't know, like sad about whatever, right? I've
0: seen a dog get pissed off.
1: Right, right. You see I've... a dog get excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if the dog could express, the dog would be like, you know what I haven't had? You know what I've really got a craving for is when you put that weird dog peanut butter inside that dildo thing. <laughs> Now I have to lick the peanut butter out. I haven't had that in a long time.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Dog, maybe that's dog nostalgia.
1: <laughs> is that an emotion? Dog nostalgia? I think that would be craving, would be the dog telling you what he wanted a uh, particular treat.
0: Yeah, but when the dog is just kind of looking off into midspace saying, ah... Uh,
1: Remember that snack you gave me before? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know who, like, like talking about emotions is Buddhists. And the Buddhists had a uh, belief that you have emotions when there is an object that is considered... By you to be attractive or repulsive. And so all emotions are in response to your attraction or repulsion from whatever object. Okay. So, like, if you were afraid of something, right? That would be you being repulsed by some kind of situation or whatever and trying to avoid it, right? Okay. If there's an object and you consider the object to be attractive, then that would inspire lust or greed or whatever right
0: okay sure
1: and if you find something repulsive maybe you would hate it right or if you found something super attractive you'd be like crazy obsessed with it but there's always your relationship with some kind of thing that causes it some kind of attachment you have either to being attracted to it or being repulsed by it
0: okay okay anybody else have thoughts on (laughs) on that i think. I think that's, a, that's an interesting way I didn't know that it was object-centric to the Buddhists.
1: Yeah, right. There were Stoic theories about emotions that um, described them as being irrational impulses ah. that come from incorrect appraisals of what is good or bad.
0: Okay. The Stoics were like the first incels. They just, they thought they were smarter than everybody, and they went around saying stuff like, I'm calm maxing. I've been stoic pilled. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I, uh, I live in the Parthenon now. I'm uh, uh, Chad. <laughs>
1: Uh, Aristotle thought that emotions were an essential component of virtue and that your emotions would correspond to appetites or capacities.
0: Emotions are so hard to quantify that everybody comes up with their own crackpot theories about them and they're all clearly wrong.
1: Right. (laughs) Right right <laughs> in ancient china they thought that excessive emotion caused damage to your qi which in turn damages your vital organs or is that chi i don't know i think we had this conversation last time we were talking about ancient china it's either qi or chi sound off in the discord <laughs> um hippocrates had the four humors where he would apply that to studying emotions as well right and that's where we like if someone is like they have a lot of black bile so they have a shitty attitude they have a lot of green bile so they are very cool to hang out with
0: yeah yeah and that didn't hold up for that didn't hold up for long That was big at the time.
1: Right. People loved it back then. In the early 11th century, people would try to theorize that your emotions would have an influence on your health and behavior, right? And so that was like the beginnings of being like, you guys need to control yourselves, (laughs) right?
0: You need to stop crying and finish your homework.
1: You need to control yourself because you're getting yourself all worked up and you need to calm down because that's not good for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The idea that you can... You can create or dissipate your own emotions is probably something that took a while to think about Mm -hmm. rather than it being something that is happening to you realizing that it's something that's happening within you and that you can control it that's the wild thing I mean it probably took a very long time for people to realize like man my brain is doing all this stuff and for people to realize that's also me and I'm also running the brain, but I'm also experiencing my own brain from within it.
1: Right, right.
0: Like that's a pretty, that's a pretty heady.
1: So here's a question. If you could be like, oh man, I really need to do the dishes and also I need to go out to the grocery store today and then you sit there on the couch and you don't do either of them, who's running the show? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, if you have poor executive function, there's a number of reasons why you might have poor executive function. Sure. You might have a lot of stressors. You might have something organic that is contributing to you having a loss of executive function or a lack of executive function. You might simply be tired and not have the ability to to pay attention to, like, your default mode network, right? Right. There's this idea in cognition of the default mode network, which is your sort of ongoing loop you run all day, mm-hmm. right? Just like uh, a fucking computer loop, right? Mm-hmm. The computer displays the web page. It waits until you click on something, and it's like, as long as, you know... As long as I'm holding down the mouse, i got to do this other thing. As long as I'm scrolling, i got to do this thing. It's just these little loops, these little default modes. So your brain is going through this. And I think part of the default mode network is an awareness of time and an awareness of place and an awareness of the past and future. And one of the ways that psychologists or neurologists use to disrupt the default mode network in order to study it is they will give you Hallucinogens or other mind-altering drugs. Mm-hmm. And so you might take something like DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which takes you n- not only out of your default mode network, but you experience a, an entire different reality for, what, 15 minutes?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not that
0: long. Or you take serotonergic drugs like uh, LSD or psilocybin or, or some of these other drugs that force you out of your default mode network, but these are also reasons why people, after they are done with this they report that their worldview has changed they kind of got knocked out of this sort of rut they were in and they come back and they look at everything with you know fresh ideas but that default mode network I think if you have stressors and a lack of sleep or whatever else you can just not be functioning correctly and Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where a lack of executive function comes from. I've been having problems with my executive function. I'm usually fine at it. Right. And just the lack of stimulation and the various things that are stressful. And the fact that, you know, very many people I know have been super stressed out lately. Right. It's just bad vibes fucking everywhere. Right. And so when things are weighing on you and everything seems to be going badly for people that you know and care about, well, it, you know, it knocks you out of your out of your routine and you might snap two at ten at night and be like, fuck.
1: Right, right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it happens to me someday, certainly. I don't know that that's an emotion. Maybe that's entrancement. Maybe I just get entranced doing something else. You know, it's so compelling to like go and fuck around with my plants instead of just sitting and and stewing and thinking about like uh, stuff that is going wrong with people I know. Right. And so going and fucking around with my plants that's nice and I look up and it's like dinner time.
1: Right, right. But you know, like I think that you have to kind of change your expectations a little bit in times such as these.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And change your expectations for like whatever for how how things are going to go and how productive you're going to be and whatever. You can't you can't go into your day expecting to be firing on all cylinders.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's just like when we're sitting up here talking and you say, I'm sorry about that future, Natalie. You know, you flub. You say, I'm sorry about that future, Natalie. I love you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just want to do a good job for future Natalie.
1: Right. Right.
0: You got to you got to respect your own self to be like to be like, you know, stuff is kind of fucked up now. I'm just going to do what I got to do. And if if I have a reduced capacity for remembering what to do, I'll just make more lists. Then I'll just remember to make the list, which should be easy.
1: <laughs> I like to read the list and not do any stuff on it. Oh, yeah? <laughs>
0: is that your thing? That's, my, that's the way I do it.
1: <laughs> no, I, I get, I'm pretty good with my list. I'm pretty good with it. Sometimes stuff gets bounced to the next day, but I try. Trying is an emotion, isn't it? No, it's not.
0: <laughs> Trying is sort of like calmness with a hint of relieved.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Trying is like... Uh,
0: Astonishment that. mixed with horror. <laughs> That. Yeah.
1: What about adoration mixed with horror? Oh, no, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, look how cute. Oh, my God.
0: Cave baby. <laughs> Where's that cave baby going?
1: Uh something that I thought was interesting from our compilation of notes from the Garbage Brain University Research Council. Um, they put a note in our thing that said that even children who are born blind will make the same facial expressions as everyone else. Like smiling when they're happy or frowning when they're sad. So they will do it even if they have never seen someone do it.
0: Oh, that's that's intriguing that seems to be tied to the concept of natural language mm-hmm. there's also and i mean it's in every you know pop psychology article in the world but it's been proven that the system works both ways there's some kind of feedback going on mm-hmm. because if you are making shitty faces all the time it will make you feel bad mm-hmm. And if you are smiling, even in the absence of finding stuff funny or even in the absence of like deeply liking something, if you were smiling and being pleasant and being polite, it's been shown it improves your mood. It makes you experience more happiness. I mean, I can't quantify that, but it's pretty much universally accepted. Right. That it goes both ways. Right. So that makes me think that there's got to be something happening in your body where if you're activating that muscle, then you are also activating like, you know, in your amygdala or hippocampus or whatever part of your brain that generates happiness, you're also activating that. Doesn't that seem to suggest that you have, some cognition and some emotions that are happening like in your face right,
1: right not just in your brain well they also say that if you get botox it'll fuck up your emotions a little bit because it'll it'll paralyze muscles in your face and it'll have you will have emotional effects from it
0: see that's the thing you always you always say what happens if you you were so drastically unlucky as to become beheaded mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that point it is when you realize you were in your body the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Suddenly it just gets dark. You're like your
0: your head is just the periscope, baby. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You're like I can't see anything. What's happening?
0: <laughs> I think there's more to this than we know. We know there are neurons in the gut. Right. That's why your gut bacteria has way more influence on you than you want. But think about this. People are like, did you know that your gut bacteria influences you? Yeah, there's 10 trillion bacteria living inside your fucking body. There's like 5 to 10 kilograms of fucking bacteria in there. The idea that you would just be completely enclosing this biome, this fucking zoo of trillions... Of living things mm-hmm. and that they would not affect you in any way is so hilarious to me.
1: Right, right.
0: And the idea that because humans build things like cars or computers, then we're like, the human body is like a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the brain is like the engine. Yeah. Like, it's not... It doesn't work like that. The whole motherfucker is tied together. I think that you think all over your fucking body. Because you have neural tissue everywhere in your body. Mm -hmm. And you are processing sensory inputs. And... Emotional state you have in your brain can cause pain and other feelings all over your fucking body. You can get anxious and have your, your fucking legs go numb and shit, man. Right. I think you think all over your whole body. I think your body is the emotion.
1: Think about it. What did you learn today about emotions?
0: I feel like the Buddhists were surprisingly bad at emotion. I thought out of everybody, they'd be good at it. No, no. Hate to say it. Right on a lot of things, wrong on emotion, if you ask me.
1: Right, right.
0: You know who's right on emotion?
1: Ah, Cory Grella.
0: Whether it's awe, admiration, adoration, or disgust. (laughs) When it comes to activating her limbic system, she's the champ. She always activates her
1: own limbic system. Manually.
0: <laughs> if you do it, if you're driving the car, you're you're doing it manually.
1: Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't have any emotions? Who's that? Harlem Township, because it's not a person. Oh, it is... A location.
0: Not just a location. It is a... A governed territory <laughs> yeah it has a governing body but it's also part of delaware county which has its own governing body which is one of the 88 counties in ohio right. which has its own intensely corrupt governing body Yep, i feel like it's turtles all the way down right harlem township is good but america is so bad
1: <laughs> yeah it's
0: like where do you draw the line <laughs>
1: I think that just goes to show that even in a fucking festering cesspool of absolute shit, you can have, like, a little bit of nice in Harlem Township.
0: Between Harlem Township and Grella, you've got a great little place to spend an afternoon and a great way to get insurance.
1: (laughs) Right. That's all you really need in this world.
0: (laughs) So if you haven't already, patreon.com slash University. That's where you're going to hear Malian our subscriber-slash-patron-only mini-series all about aliens and the stuff they do, fresh for May 2022. Again, patreon.com-slash-garbagebrainuniversity. That's how you get access. That's how you get into the Discord, where you can talk to us and our friends, such as... Who suggested this episode?
1: This episode was suggested by Gerrero.
0: Thank you, Gerrero. And
1: you if love you... Love to suggest.
0: If you have your own topic to suggest, head on into Discord to the Topic Suggestion Channel, type a single word or a phrase, and we'll think about doing it. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. Goodbye.